You are listening to A Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. A Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. What's up, guys? This is Coffee and Colin, where we just chat over coffee. I'm one of your co-hosts, Isaac. I am Noah Yero, and thank you so much. Sit back, enjoy, and come along for the ride. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Isaac, who do we have on the podcast today as we you're about have, to drink? Oh uh, yeah. Well, we're sharing the same drink, so this is cool. We have Alana Harrington with us today. Yeah, Alana, tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of what got you here. Kind of like the basics that people would need to know about you to... Yeah, the things that you want to know, I guess. Okay, so <laughs> super quick flyover version. I was a student at IWU, graduated in 2016, went, worked in my church as an assistant to the youth and kids ministry, eventually became one of the pastors for our youth and kids ministry, and then took a year off kind of a sabbatical discerning where the Lord was leading me next. And now I live and work at Indiana Wesleyan University, and I am a resident director in Evans Hall. Yes, ma'am. There we go, baby. <laughs> so how, what got you to come back to Indiana Wesleyan? Because oh, you were in the church man. for, yes. how long you say? I was there for five years. Five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is an excellent question. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved what I was doing, felt really fulfilled, and there was a point where, um, I loved it, but I just felt like there was something more. Like God was like, okay, like it's time. And I had kind of been waiting for that, but just really felt like a clear yes. There was a sermon that my pastor preached and it was like, oh, it's time. Like Hmm. literally I was crying in the front row and I had to go do the benediction. I was Hmm. like, I can't. And the lady next to me is like, you have to. Like, okay. (laughs) So felt like the Lord was leading me. Didn't know where. Um, So I just was like, okay, I'm going to take a sabbatical. um, Just rest and visit friends. I got to travel to Mm. the Middle East and visit some friends there. Really cool. Um, But I had no clue. But ever since I graduated from IWU, I was like, you know, it'd be really fun to be an RD. Like, it would just be so Mm. fun. I'm probably never going to do it, though. Like, it just sounds like a fun job. Yeah. And it just kept coming up. And I had known some people who were RDs, so I contacted them and they had transitioned from a pastoral role as well. And so I talked to them about what that meant for them. And I applied to IWU. That was in April. So I went for about six months without having a job, not sure what I was going to be doing. Had some offers for different churches, but I just didn't feel like that was what I needed to be doing at the time. Um, And I applied They were only hiring for one dorm. And I was like, okay, great. That's cool. Came for Fusion. We brought some students out. And I was walking by Evans, which is where I lived when I was a student at IWU for all four years. And I worked in Evans. So I love Evans. Um, I was visiting and I walked by and I was like, Lord, like it would be so cool if I could be an RD in Evans. (laughs) I know that's not an option right now. Like I know this is not the dorm that's hiring and that's okay. And so like two weeks later, I had my Zoom interview with IWU and they're like, so we're hiring for two halls, Reed and Evans. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> nah. And they were like, yeah, like super no excited. Way. 
And I ended up getting the job in Evans. That so, is incredible. Were you in Evans all four years? Yes. Yep. Wow. So I'm an Evans lifer. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Props to you because I don't think I ever stayed. Yeah. I've never stayed in Hudson. I stayed in Camp like two years and mm-hmm. moved to That's the Toho's. Okay. But I was like, yeah, I'm not about that life. I'm not about to spend <laughs> four years in Hudson. But it's so. Fair. It's fair. It's You went place. from Iwood at the church mm-hmm. then to Evans. Mm-hmm. But I know we talk about it's coffee and calling right i'm not even drinking coffee but it's all about calling and i'm just curious like kind of what you <laughs> are we none of us are it's fine perfect so it's not coffee and calling but oh. um kind of how did how did your calling story kind of come to fruition because i know you mm-hmm. the calling is not maybe changed i don't know what it looks like but kind of what yeah what does that story look like yeah. for you yeah so when i was i guess just a little background i have grown up in a christian family it was just really great um, from a very young age, I like loved the Lord. Like when I was eight, I remember I like got a Bible for Christmas and I was so excited. Like it was the best Christmas present I could have ever gotten. And so the Lord just gave me a huge desire and like love for him. Um, so I just like was super on fire for him. Middle school and high school was a little bit harder. Um, definitely went through some struggles there, which I talked about at Fusion, which was really cool. But throughout the time, I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I know I want to help people. And the best way I saw to do that in my community, we have a lot of doctors and a lot of my friends' parents were doctors. So I was like, oh, I'll be a doctor. My mom had cancer when I was in seventh grade. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be an oncologist. Like I'm going to help people that have cancer. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. That's yeah, hilarious. yeah crazy but yeah so yeah, in my me. mind I had no desire no desire you're like nope sorry no i was science, just like oh that's nothing. crazy because yeah. my because my grandparents had well one of my grandparents had cancer and so yeah. that was part of the reason i wanted to go into right? it too but yeah. yeah sorry continue i just no, thought that was cool good. yeah so but for me it was like oh that's the only way you can help people and so i had been praying about it um and i was like okay yeah that's what i'm gonna do and ended up visiting iwu i was going to go to houghton visited Iwu because my youth group was coming out here. And I was like, that's a fun trip. Sure. <laughs> to Indiana. <laughs> I don't want to go, but like, I yeah. want to hang out with my youth group and ended up being like, oh no, this is where I need to be. Wow. Um, so it was about a month before I came to Iwu. I went to youth camp and I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to Iwu. I'm going to be a doctor. It's going to be great. And there was a night where one of our youth pastors was giving a message and it was the, you know, like if you feel like you're called into ministry, come to this side of the stage or if you want to serve God in your vocation come to this side and I was like yeah like I'll serve God as a doctor of course <laughs> but like there was just this hesitation it was like no you need to go to the other side of the stage like you mm. need to go to the side where you're going to serve the Lord in ministry and I was like really confused but I was like okay <laughs> so I like walked down the aisle like made my way over sat down and he was going through the list, like, if God is calling you to be a children's pastor or whatever. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I literally said to the Lord, I was like, I don't want to be a kid's pastor. I don't want to be a youth pastor. I don't want to be a lead pastor. What is there? Yeah. And the guy on the stage was like, if you want to be like a missionary. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Like, I don't know why I thought I could do that. But I was like, yeah, I could totally do that. Like, that'd be fun. Like, I could be a missionary doctor. I think that's Ooh. where my brain was going. Yeah. So I was like, okay, God, like, I'll do it. And so, like, from that moment, I knew that the Lord was calling me to serve the church in some capacity, whether that was, like, the local church. For me at the time, it was the global church. Mm. Um, So I came to Iwu, 
had my biology classes and I was like, this isn't it. This is not it. <laughs> that, yeah, I had friends in that. That stuff looked so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Literally two days in, I was like, what am I doing? I hate science. <laughs> Um, and I just felt like this immediate like peace when I dropped the major and just declared wow. intercultural studies as my major. And I just knew like the Lord was in it. So that was like part of the calling. Went through IWU, did all the fun things um, with like ministry classes, did my internship in Austria with the next program through Global Partners. So wow, uh, wow. shameless plug, do it. It's <laughs> yeah, incredible. There you go. Is that why you have friends? Over is that is that who you visited when you were there? Yeah. No, actually, I visited oh. some other friends, but yeah, I was I was trying to visit them, the people in Austria, but it just didn't work out. Mm. But yeah, I did the next program, and that was incredible. And I was like, yes, like this is it. This is what I'm going to be doing. Graduated from IWU, and every time I went to pursue something with missions, I just didn't have any peace, and that was really hard. But I was like, okay, if I'm not going to go overseas, then I'm going to stay in Marion and serve here. And nothing opened up. Oh. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm moving back home, <laughs> which is the complete opposite of what I could have wanted. Yeah. Like, I was like, I am ready to be out in the world. I'm ready to be on my own. I'm ready to do this. And the Lord was like, actually, I'm going to bring you back home. And you're going to mm -hmm. live with your family and you're going to work at your church. And like, I love my church. It's great. But like, I was ready to just be out. So I ended up working at my church in a temporary role someone was on maternity leave and they were like hey would you do this so I was like sure like if I'm going to be a missionary this is a great way to build connections mm -hmm. so I ended up taking the job and then the youth and kids position opened up and I was like okay like nothing's happening again doors aren't opening to go overseas I still don't feel peace I guess I'll take this job because nothing else is coming up and so I did that for two years and honestly it was really hard um, it was a really, really challenging time in my life. I feel like we graduate from college and we're like, I'm going to do incredible things, <laughs> but I was not doing those things. And I felt like the Lord had forgotten me a little bit. Like, mm. it's kind of like, God, like, wow. why am I still here? All of my friends, not all of my friends, but many of my friends were doing things that they hoped to be doing after college. And I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know why I was home. Yeah, and I just felt very unseen by the Lord. And it was a really hard time. A lot of the work that I was doing was behind the scenes. And so it wasn't necessarily always appreciated or um, I didn't always get the thanks that I felt like I deserved. Um, but I think the Lord taught me so much about humility. And just like a verse that always comes to mind when I think about that season is, um, I believe it's from Joel, but it says like, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord delights to see the work begin. Wow. And I was just like, mm, 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 yeah, mm. <laughs> isn't that good? <laughs> you know, it's good when people are like marinating. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, wow. but I just feel like that was that season where it was like the Lord was teaching me kind of like the sacredness of the small. Like, it's yeah. okay that you're not seen by others. This is the work and it's good. And it's the building blocks for what's to come. So I just kept on it. Like I felt I knew I wasn't, it wasn't time to leave the church. I wanted to leave. Believe yeah. me, like I looked for ways to like <laughs> go overseas and yeah. tried to pursue that quite a bit, but like it was never the time. Yeah. So I was just kind of pushing through the Lord taught me faithfulness. That was a big lesson. Like be faithful in what I've given you mm. and do it well. Um, sometimes I did it well. Sometimes I didn't. And he has lots of grace for that. <laughs> 
Praise God. Yes, <laughs> praise God. Praise God. But yeah, so it was in this like kind of time of like just doing the mundane um, when Zach Coffin reached out to me and super randomly, it was in October of like 2018, I think. He was like, hey, um, your name's been coming up. Do you want to be a part of this conference that we put on? It's called the Follow Conference. It's like the, actually, he didn't even say what it was, but I was like, okay, like I'll think about it. Um, turns out it is the International Convention of the Wesleyan Church, Youth Convention of the Wesleyan Church. So it's a pretty like big yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I had no frame of reference for it. I was like, I don't know what this is. Thought about it. I was like, sure, that sounds fun. But I got to be on a team with Zach and Charlie Alcock <laughs> and who I didn't know because I didn't have oh, any classes wow. with him. <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine? I, we both know Charlie probably too well. And just having like a blind side of Charlie, like out of nowhere, like leading something with him probably was an experience. Oh, oh my god, so much bro. Fun. Oh yeah. He, so much I remember fun. when when I saw him work when I see him working like with Fusion, never too young. He's so good at what he does. Mm -hmm. Like he he has so much fun with us and he pours into us. He's good to be around. But when it comes to like leading in that, he's so good at mm -hmm. it. And he makes you feel yeah. like so less stressed when you're yes. like working. Yes. He's so good at yeah, it. Yeah, he enables you in ways that I'm like, Charlie, I how do you do all this? Mm -hmm. And you still like shepherd me yes. as someone that's, you know, whatever. So yeah. it, it, he's really yeah. good at what he does. He's really fun, but he's also so intentional with what yeah. he does. Yeah. So I got to work with them and it was really cool. And that was kind of when I like fully understood what I was being asked to do. I just was like, oh, Lord, is this why I've been here? Like, is this, I just felt like the Lord had finally like was seeing me and he was like, hey, I have seen you this whole time. And here's an opportunity that like you would not have been prepared for had you not been working on the small things. Like had you not wow. been doing the ins and outs of ministry, the silly things, the keeping attendance, the planning this conference for your youth group or whatever. So that was like mm -hmm. a really sweet gift from the Lord that was so unexpected because I was like, I don't even know Zach knew my name, but apparently he does. And just really cool experience. Um, just saw a lot of the Lord's faithfulness in that season. And then, um, yeah, throughout. So after that point, lots of people in my church had kind of been saying to me like, hey, why aren't you a pastor? And I'd like laugh and be like, what? No, I'm not going to be a pastor. But even the youth pastors that I had worked with and the kids pastors would be like, hey, do you want to preach this week? Do you want to preach this week? And hey. I'd be like, I don't know how to preach. <laughs> my classes at Iowa were intercultural studies, so I didn't have a lot of preaching classes. I okay. did have inductive oh. Bible study, but didn't have a lot of other ones. So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But they trusted me, and I got to speak, and that was really cool. And throughout the years, having enough people asking you like, hey, why aren't you a pastor? You kind of start to be like, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So I had a lot of like, even my own things to work through. Like, is this okay as a woman? Like, is this, I knew what I believed as a Wesleyan, but did I really believe it in my yeah. heart? So I had to work through that. And we were having some staff transition. One of our youth pastors was going to another church. Um, and he was like, Hey, I'm going to suggest you as the next youth pastor. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> go for it, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, they ended up hiring someone alongside of me. And so he and I co-led our youth group and our kids ministry. And during that time, I became a licensed pastor. 
again, just through like the affirmation of a lot of people and just the encouragement of the church and knowing that I am called to ministry. Yeah. So that's kind of how that came about. And then a couple months actually before I was licensed, Charlie asked me if I would speak at Fusion and I got to speak at Fusion. And yeah, so it's just been a crazy ride where it's like, I felt so unseen and I felt very like buried. Um, And this is so corny, but it's like I was planted. Like the Lord saw me and he was putting me in the soil that I needed to grow um, and learn humility and learn faithfulness and the hard things before I could be trusted with the really cool, really like incredible things that I never would have imagined. So Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> There's so much. That's so dope. So when you like spoke at Fusion, how many times did you speak before that? Did, did, were you pre- did you speak a good amount before that? I know you were mentioning yeah. you got asked to preach sometimes, but didn't have those yeah. classes. You don't need classes to preach. But. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had never spoken to a group that large. I had spoken at camp twice. So that was around like 200, 300 people. So I like had some like, okay, I can speak. And like, I would sometimes, um, like I would speak at youth group and I would speak in our kids program. We use curriculum though for a lot of those. So sometimes I would like rework it or there were weeks where I was like, you know what? I just feel like I need to do this message. And so I would go on whatever I felt like the Lord was leading. But yeah, I didn't have like a ton of experience. I was actually taking a preaching class while I was preparing. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So that worked out really well. Um, Uh But yeah. No, I love that because we were talking actually in class today, reading from old guy Athanasius. And he was just talking about what it takes just to understand the scriptures. Mm. He's like a good life, pure soul. Mm. Not like this degree, not these studies, not these classes. While Mm. those help and there's value in those. But anybody, a child, good life pure soul, mm. pure heart coming forward and the Lord just speaking to them through that. It's so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Him just using that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a question that I just like have, has gotten in my mind since you started talking, but you have, you've had this clear, like, I felt the Lord lead here. I felt the Lord lead here. Like what so many people ask, especially youth. Well, how do I know God's talking to me? You know, like, well, how, how would you say that? Like, how would you explain That's how God question. speaks to you? I don't know. How how would you explain that? That is such a good question. Um, I feel like as I've gotten more mature, um, it has changed a little bit. Mm. Um, And so for me, when I was younger, I needed those kind of big moments Uh where like at youth camp, when he said, if you want to be a missionary, like in my gut, it just felt like, like there was a snap and like, it was like, oh, that's it. Um, Yeah. So I think, when I was young, it was those kind of bigger moments. Um, and even recently, I guess, when my pastor preached and like I started crying, I was like, oh, again, it was kind of that gut thing. Like, yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it has been kind of steeped in prayer. Like I have been praying and I've been asking others to pray and be like, hey, I don't know what to do. And I need God to show me. Can you be praying for me? Um, and so even like my road to get to Iwu recently, like there was so much prayer and so much discerning. It was literally months because I got job offers to work at churches. And I was like, this seems like the right way to go because God has so been blessing my life in ministry. Like it seems like I should be going in a church. But for me, there was like a hesitation and like a pause, like, I don't know. It was just like in in my gut. It was like, you got to wait. 
You just have yeah. to keep waiting, like mm. wait on the Lord. And so this last time, it wasn't these like big moments, but it was like, okay, this is opening up. Okay, there there is an RD open, like position open. Okay, step forward in that. Put in your application. Mm. Okay, they want an interview. So it was kind of like, wow. this was more like a open doors. But as I, when I was younger, it was a very obvious boom like mm, moment. Mm. That's so interesting. I'm just always reminded of um, when you talk about prayer and spending time with the Lord and talking to him and the sheep know the shepherd's voice, mm-hmm. right? And I've always wrestled that because when, when we say that, some people are like, well, what does that mean when I don't know his voice? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can, sometimes it's a rude awakening. Sometimes mm-hmm. people don't want to hear it, but it's when you spend time with somebody, you really get to know their voice. Mm-hmm. And like in your life, you know, at the beginning, and I can relate to that, those big moments is like God really needs to just get a hold of our <laughs> yeah. attention. Yep. And he still does it today. And thank God for that because <laughs> I love those moments. But to be at a point when you can, there's the little things now that you know that the Lord's leading in that. Because look at what he's done in my life. I've spent time with him. I know when he's leading now. And yeah, it's always hard to explain though. You know, yeah, that's why I asked because it is a hard question. And yep. a lot of people <laughs> ask it. And like even I related a lot to what you said. At, so I, I came to college not wanting to go home at all. Like I was like adamant. You can ask Isaac. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Yeah, I was adamant. I was like, I'm, sh- I'm not doing that. I'm gonna go travel. I'm gonna go see the world. You know what I mean? Like yep. I'm gonna, I'm not Classic. gonna go home. And then I get to like my third, third, fourth year, and I'm like, yeah, my heart's changing, mm, my desires yes. are changing, and I'm going back mm. home next year, which is which is amazing. But your initial call was out of a missionary, mm-hmm. and then you went back home, and you weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. So I know what you felt that I think it's missions. Is that still something that... That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It's like chemistry, baby. Is there, is that <laughs> is missionary something that you still see playing out in the future? Or like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm open to it. I think... Okay, so just a background about me. I love a plan. Like, mm. I love Amen. a good plan. Amen. And I... Like, the Lord has just kind of been like, oh, we're going to go over here. And we're going to stop over here. And we're going <laughs> to go to this, like, gas station. Whatever. And so I don't know, like at this point, I'm like, I'm totally content if that doesn't happen. And like, especially having visited my friends who are missionaries overseas, like it is hard work. Mm. Like it is so yeah. hard. You have to be called to it. Um, in the current season that I'm in, I don't feel called to that right now. Mm. But that doesn't mean that the Lord's not going to be like, all right, it's time. <laughs> so I'm kind of just like, all right, Lord, you've taken me some weird places, but it's been good. Wow. And so we'll see. Yeah, go go into that a little bit more because I think, uh, a theme that we we continue to have is seen in calling, especially with people like with students who are in the midst of their calling at college is a bit different, but people that are out, outside of college and really exploring it. Um, they talk about this idea of kind of having a plan or wanting a plan, but God like not almost not being about that yep. where he's like, I'm not going to show you. Yep. So what I mean, maybe there's a little more, maybe there's not, but more of that in your story. Yeah, I mean, for so long, for four years, I really was set on like, okay, I'm going overseas. And I think after school, when I graduated and I wasn't doing that, there were many times when I asked, God, did I miss the mark? Like, Mm -hmm. did I miss my opportunity? Was I supposed to go here? There were a lot of moments of doubt and like, well, this is my fault because I didn't listen properly. But really like... The Lord was just like, hey, it's not time. And like, I know you want it to be. And I know you want this to make sense. But I have a better plan. Wow. I think I've just learned so much trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And 
this is so weird, but I have actually learned to love to wait because well, praise God for that. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've just had to wait so much for so many different things that I'm like, okay, like, okay, Lord, like I, I trust you with this wait because I've seen so much goodness come out of the waiting and I've seen myself grow closer to you because I've had to wait. Yeah. That's, so. that's so good. I'm like, hearing like my own tendencies in her story. And I'm like, oh gosh, you're going to have to learn that. He's like, oh no, oh no. no I got to to wait now. Oh, as goodness. you're talking, I'm like, this is literally going to be this man's story for uh, sure. It's so good, my friend. That is, that is awesome. It's awesome just to hear. We were talking with Jonathan Morgan, mm-hmm. Jay Money, shout out. Um, and we were talking about the three things that he really talks about. Being faithful, mm-hmm. available, and obedient. And that's all we're called to. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a direction. He can, he can give us a call, but. Like you said, you can see in our lives, it changes so much from mm-hmm. missionary to going back home, which seems to be the opposite of what you thought mm-hmm. and coming here. Um, that is beautiful. One thing One thing I'm wondering is you mentioned this struggle of, as Wesleyans, believing that women are affirmed in ministry, mm-hmm. right? The Bible affirms that and pushes for that. Did you have any struggles facing that? Like within, maybe not in your, it could have happened within your own church. I'm not yeah. saying it couldn't mm-hmm. have, but just in general. Yeah. I mean, I think even just like personally, absolutely. Mm. Um, Like my family has grown up Wesleyan and all of that good stuff, but I had a really good friend growing up and they were just kind of always um, against it. And so it was like, we hired at my church, we went to Wesleyan church, we hired a female pastor for our kids ministry. And they were like, oh my goodness, like, how dare they, you know? (laughs) And like, to me, like they were so influential because they were such great Christians. And so I was like, oh man, like maybe this isn't good, you know? Um, and so for me, I really did have to like wrestle through and like, listen to like Dave Ward's sermon Mm. on like women in ministry. I have that on YouTube to watch. So good. And just like different things and talking to different people and like asking the Lord to kind of reveal things in scripture to me, like, cause you know things, but you don't always know, know them, you know, like in your heart. Um, But our church um, was just incredible with women in ministry. We have, so we have a larger staff. There's probably like 15, I don't know. There's a lot of pastors. And there were like six or seven women that were pastors. And so I felt like I had a lot of support there to just be like, how did you get here? Like, what do I need to know? Um, So I had a lot of support from my staff. I think there were moments that, And I don't know if this is because I was a woman or it was because I was transitioning from an assistant role to a pastor where like the guy that I co-pastored with, he would have to like elevate me and be like, no, she is one of the pastors. Go ask her. So shout out to Josh Kickline. You're the best. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In all aspects, not even just like, yeah, to me, it's just cool that you need to go talk to her. Mm -hmm. She's a pastor just in every aspect reminding Mm -hmm. just people. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, but anyways, yeah, <laughs> just, just experience from Oklahoma. So there's a lot more mm-hmm. women aren't always in the church. Mm-hmm. Like I had a friend of mine that was like, oh my gosh, she, a woman gave a message today. Like I, I'm, I can't listen. It's like, it just, cause that's mm-hmm. the environment I grew yeah. up in. And so seeing someone elevate you in that way, like kind of like busts my heart because mm-hmm. we go to school here with a, we have what six or seven girls in our cohort and like to elevate them in 
their ministry is something that you're going to have to do. Not mm-hmm. because, oh, well, it's the right thing to do. It's like, no, it's like, this is what we see in scripture. Yeah. And so we want to do this. So like yeah. getting here, getting to hear your story today is just like blessing my day. Because okay. not only am I like. Wow, dude, no, that was, that was so nice. Oh, that thank so you, nice. Isaac. Because like <laughs> I, I see myself so much in a lot of the same like mm-hmm. ways that you've been called. Like the, the mm-hmm. big moments in my life to where it's like, oh, yes, this is. It's my calling, but I don't experience those anymore mm. in the same way. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, am I far from God now? Like, yes. does God hate me? Like, it, does God see me? And is then now, speaking? right. Yeah. And then it, it's just like this, Facts. I, I'm, I'm being, I'm in this soil right now and it's taking a while for it to, mm-hmm. to sprout. And yeah. it's just like a beautiful imagery. And even with the the whole idea of, yeah, we stopped at nine gas stations because yeah. <laughs> we haven't gone to point A to point B because I'm like, how can I get there fastest mm. and most efficiently? Mm-hmm. And God's like, let's go somewhere else first. We'll mm-hmm. get there eventually. Yeah. Or maybe I'll change it all together. Mm-hmm. And then that's just something that it just a bunch of imagery that just blessed my yeah. time. And yeah, I, d- I just wanted to say that because it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, I was definitely convicted too. Because <laughs> I uh I think part of this it's kind of funny hearing your story just because there's a lot of similarities in a sense. I knew I always loved being in the church, mm-hmm. loved talking to God, loved being with all those people. I had friends in the church, whatever. For my call, for the ministry call to being like a pastor, I didn't see it in myself. Mm-hmm. Everybody yep. else spoke it into me. Just like you were talking yep. about, you should be a pastor. You should be a pastor. You should be a pastor. Other people affirming you and what God has gifted you in. Um, but then seeing how it's not this glamorous mm-hmm. thing, yep. right? Um, and I just always thought, when I first received my call, I was like, dude, I'm going to be in a big church mm, and be yeah. having a huge youth group if I'm a youth pastor, a huge congregation speaking to thousands and now realizing how dangerous it would be mm, to come out yeah. of, to come out of college and go into that mm-hmm. instead of being in those forming years yep. and just knowing that most likely that's where the Lord's going to take us, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be humbled, mm-hmm. to have humility before he gives us influence. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for yeah. sharing that because that was so good. But as we are, um, wrapping up this beautiful time, would you just give us just a last couple minutes of maybe some encouragement or like a truth that God has spoken mm-hmm. over you that in your life to share with anybody listening and f- for us? I mean, clearly for you've us, already, you've already <laughs> given us a lot. <laughs> Love but it. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is that the Lord has placed on your heart. Yeah, um, I think a couple things. Even though, like, I'm so thankful for those really big, like mountaintop moments that I can look back and be like, whoa, that's crazy that God let me do that. Like the sweetest ministry honestly was in the local church with the simple things of taking a student to lunch and like getting to do life with them. That's a lot of the reason why I am an RD is because I get to do that consistently. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, yeah, the big moments are so much fun. But there's just a sacredness to the really small things. And like, I don't know, just cher- like cherish those. Like don't jump over them. But like that is the work, you know. That is so good. That is the work. Um, and then I think another thing is like it is okay if you do not have a plan for mm-hmm. your life. Or you have a plan and the Lord like <laughs> takes you somewhere else. Like God is so much more creative than we are And like, he is not limited by our understanding of what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, And so like, even as an RD, like for me, I was like, am I stepping away from ministry? But honestly, like this season, I know is like even a preparing time for, okay, this is going to help me be a better pastor. Like this is going to help me be a better shepherd in the future and to the people that I have right now. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, just like, 
go along for the journey and it's going to be hard and it's going to challenge you, but it's also going to be so sweet. Um, but yeah, God is so creative and like, let him show you that and you will be like, just blown away. Like, yeah. wow, God, you did that with me? <laughs> like, seriously? So, yeah. Wow. No, thank you so much for that. And then for the, for the people listening, could you quote the, the, the verse from Joel that you brought up? As you were talking yes. about it, just the little things. Because yes. I think that's so beneficial for yeah, us for the, to hear. For the people listening, yeah. <laughs> not me at all. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. need this. <laughs> them. Yeah, um, I think it's, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord delights to see the work begin. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Well, that, wraps, that wraps up this episode for Coffee and Calling. Thank you guys for listening. And we will be back next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, yeah, Alana, for joining us and, and sharing what you had for us. So. Yeah. Adios. 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 We'd also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Call Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Call Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at thecalledcollective. Thanks for listening again and taking time in your day to have the chance to be formed by the conversations we have over coffee. See you guys next week.